And welcome back to our study of the Gospel of John. Uh, we'll be in John chapter 4 tonight. And looking at uh, the text that we skipped over last week. Um, last week we were looking at uh, Christ as He's meeting with the Samaritan woman at the well and uh, telling her all that she's ever done. And uh, We looked at the fact that she came... Uh, came to the well trying to avoid the world and trying to avoid uh, those in the city. And when she left, she was seeking them. She forgot her phobias. Uh, she even forgot her water pot. She forgot why she was there. She was completely changed. And uh, because of that, many believed. Uh, but right in the middle of that story, the disciples come back from going and gathering meat, and they interrupt Christ in his conversation. And uh, not that that is a, a bad thing, um, it gave the woman a chance to, to leave and do what she needed to do, but uh, we're going to take a look at that a little bit closer today and uh, see the lesson that Christ is trying to teach to the disciples here in John chapter 4. So John chapter 4, starting in verse number 27. The Bible says, And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said, he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto eternal life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. <clears throat> Other men labored, and ye are in, entered into their labors. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you so much uh, for your truth, Lord, for these encouraging words today. Let's, uh, let us have open hearts and open minds as we hear this truth from Christ, as he teaches this lesson to his disciples about reaping and sowing. And Lord, please guide and direct, encourage us, strengthen us, and help us uh, to hear your voice and to obey it. Lord, to follow you with all of our hearts. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first thing we see is that the disciples have returned. They had uh, completed their task. They had gone to, to get meat. Um, I find it interesting as the disciples are following Christ around that many of the lessons that Christ teaches specifically to the disciples and many of the issues that the disciples have uh, revolves around food. Um, they, uh, we're going to see here before too long, they're going to go to uh, the mount and Christ is going to preach the Sermon on the Mount and then he's going to test them with uh, how to feed the 5,000. Um, they're they're going to be walking down the road uh, and talking amongst themselves, and he's gonna he's gonna make a comment about uh, leaven and being aware aware or being wary of the leaven of the Pharisees, and 
they're immediately going to think that he is talking to them because uh, about bread. He's, he's chiding them because they didn't bring any bread. Uh, their, their mind was focused on food and on carnal things. But food is one of our most basic needs as humans. Uh, you have the two essential parts of being able to survive. You have food and water. You have them both here in this chapter. The woman from Samaria had come out to the well to draw water so that she may cook and drink and, and clean and do the things that she needed to do in her house. And now the disciples have returned from buying food uh, for all of the group. So it's estimated that a person can survive up to two months without food, but only three days without water. Now, if you uh, take away food and water, it mixes and it becomes about seven days, but uh, it's still a very short amount of time. Food is a necessity for us. So it's not that the disciples were doing something wrong, that they, they were trying to shirk their duties, that they were trying to uh, obtain something that they needed absolutely. And Christ is going to teach them a very, a very uh, unique lesson with that. But as they return, it gives the woman a chance to exit. She has been having this conversation. Christ has been teaching her about uh, worshiping and, and who he is. And now, uh, as the disciples return, she is going to leave. And however, she's leaving changed. She's not going back the same woman. We looked at it a little bit last week. She's going back uh, forgetting about her fears, forgetting about trying to avoid the rest of the community. Remember, this is uh, taking place at the hottest time of the day when the sun is directly overhead, uh, when no one goes out to draw water. This woman is out here trying to avoid everyone else. And yet she's going to go back and she's going to begin to seek and she's going she's to talk to everyone that she sees and she's going to tell them that she has found the Christ. Verse number 29, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And apparently they saw something different in her because now they went out of the city to meet him to see what she was talking about. They saw that there was a change in her. And while they're gone, while she's gone, while she's... she's expounding on what she's just learned and she's uh, pointing everyone she can towards Christ. Christ is sitting with his disciples at the well and he begins to give them a lesson in faith and obedience. His disciples, as they are often, as they were many times about him, are worried. Uh, they're concerned for him because uh, he's their leader. They, they want to make sure that he has what he needs and, and that he is taking care of himself. So they ask him to eat. Uh, they're still very much driven by carnal appetites. Um, they're only looking at the, the carnal picture. They're not necessarily looking at the spiritual picture of what had been going on at the well. They're not asking, you know, why were you talking to this woman? What did you tell her? What, is, what, did, what did she find, find out? Uh, they're just begging him to eat meat. But Christ, however, is about to reveal something very extraordinary to them. <clears throat> he said in verse number 32, But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore, his disciples, uh, one to another, his disciples said one. Therefore, said his disciples one to another, "Hath any man brought him aught to eat?" And Jesus saith unto them, "My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work." Christ tells them that he has meat that they know not of. He's trying to teach them again a heavenly lesson. He reveals that his meat 
the thing that he needs the most is to do the will of him that sent him, to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. Christ isn't saying that he's not hungry or that he doesn't need to eat, but he's putting the need for obedience, the need for following God's will, for, for doing God's will as high, if not higher, than his need for everyday food. I think about all the things in my life that I put higher than obeying God's word. That I put higher than, than living a life of a Christian. And it's, it's, a, it's a long list. The top of which is probably sleep. <laughs> I love to sleep. But... Christ here is, is showing them that there is more to serving God than just living your life. He, he's leaving up to God every, all the small details. In Matthew 6, uh, verses 24 through, 30, through 34, um, Christ in teaching, I'm going the wrong way. I'm in John, Matthew's to the front. Christ is teaching them uh, after the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6. And verse number 24. He says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth what ye have need of, or knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. He goes on in other verses uh, as he's sending the disciples out to tell them to not take money, to not take two coats, to not take uh, two pair of shoes, to just enter into the homes that that God puts in front of them and if the Spirit of God is there to dwell there and, and to work and to serve there. And if it's not, then to leave and to shake the dust off of your feet. But his focus is always on obedience to God's Word. It's always the highest uh, thing in his life. I, I often wonder why it was the cross why it was the cruelty of the cross that it took uh, in order to be the sacrifice that God had for us. 
And it's because, I feel like it's because if it had been anything else, if it had been anything milder, that some human would have stepped up and put himself through that. But instead, it was something that no human was willing to volunteer for. No sinful man was willing to put themselves through that. So it had to be uh, pure obedience to God's word from a pure heart. And it is only through that heart that we can truly serve God. Christ continues on uh, to, to show them about the harvest. He, he tells them to look on the fields and, and they say that there's still four months until the harvest. Uh, looking now, it's June, so July, August, September, October into November. We're about four or five months away, uh, at, at a minimum three, from seeing the, the farmers in the field trying to harvest. Yet, Christ is telling them that, that are, they, are the fields not ripe already? They're white under harvest already. They're looking at the world. They're looking at the harvest through the world's eyes instead of looking at it through God's eyes. As we went down to the park today and, and we're talking to people, and, uh, you know, I can't read minds, but uh, you can read faces and you can read body language, and, and you can tell that there are people that are generally, genuinely happy that we're there and that. that are enjoying the things that we're doing, and then you can tell that there are people that are a little frustrated that maybe we're there. But I also look and I see, I didn't see any other, I still haven't seen any other churches. I still haven't seen any other, uh, or heard any other, even the few people that we would maybe look at and see that would be outwardly showing that they were Christian. I think of a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was the first, the first one, uh, the lady that was walking around with the six days of creation umbrella. Um, but she was just walking through, uh, her and her family. They, they were not uh, trying to reach out to the world around them because they're looking through the world's eyes. They're looking at, we still have time. We're, we're still, we're, uh, the country is still uh, not as bad as it could be. We're still not Russia. We're still not China. We're still not Japan where they're, they're killing and persecuting Christians like us. Yet, God is telling us that our time is very short. Uh, the harvest is already upon us. There are souls everywhere that are yearning and seeking something, and who will harvest them? We ran into a few today that, that just uh, were very happy that we were here and, and that were interested in things about the church. Uh, but we'll see if they put feet to their, to their speech. Um, but, the thing that I want to take encouragement from uh, is that Christ goes on to teach them that, that it's not all about reaping the harvest. He goes on and he says, One soweth and another reapeth. Uh, like many who try to plan for their future, uh, for the worldly future, their treasure is left to someone else. Um, these, these disciples, just like us, uh, we're going to go and we're going to go down there and we're going to hand out tracts and we're going to hand out the Word of God and we're going to we're going to speak and we're going to teach and we're going to be visible and we're going to try and care for this community and we might never see a single soul from all of that but that doesn't mean that it's not going to take effect in 1 Corinthians 3 um, Paul is writing to the Corinthians and uh, he is actually admonishing he admonishes them 
early on in the chapter about saying uh, that one of them is that they're from Paul or they're from Apollos. But uh, sorry, in earlier chapters he goes on, but in First Corinthians chapter three and verse number four, he says, "For while one saith I am of Paul and another I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man." I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Paul understood that uh, he wasn't going to be able to lead every soul to Christ. He understood that it was his duty to plant the seed, and that when God saw fit, God would allow him to reap the harvest. And that's what we need to understand here. Uh, we need to understand that it is just our duty to plant the seed. Uh, the planting is the hard part. Uh, and honestly, um, I pray that we will see much fruit. I pray that we will get the joy of reaping the harvest. I got a, a phone call from Carter. He's down in uh, Juarez, Mexico. Well, he's down in El Paso, but he was in Juarez, Mexico last week. Carter's a teenager from Missouri that um, spent a lot of time with us. And he's down there helping a missionary and they had gone into Mexico, and while he was talking to me on the phone, he was guarding the van because they were in a part of Juarez that was kind of rough, and they were afraid the van was going to get stolen. So he's standing by the van. But he was telling me that he was able to actually sit down and lead someone to the Lord through an interpreter. Um, and, and we praise the Lord for that. And it might be that he might have been the fourth or fifth or sixth or hundredth person that's spoken to that person about the Lord. But it finally sunk in as we saw earlier with Jonah um, it takes a lot for us as hard-headed human beings uh, to come to the point where we understand our situation and our need for Christ and even in Jonah's case I still don't believe Jonah truly sought Christ I believe he was just doing it because he was tired of getting beat on we will be the ones sowing the seed here in Maxwell but we might not see the harvest Sometimes it takes years uh, for a soul to truly understand their need. And, and I think of George Mueller. I just um, I ordered another copy of his autobiography. Uh, it should be here this week um, so the kids can start reading it, so I can read it uh, again, but so the kids can start reading it. Uh, but George Mueller, he prayed for many years. Uh, for some people, he prayed for over 60 years that they would get saved, that they would come to know the Lord. And those people didn't get saved in his lifetime. They didn't get saved till after he passed away. And then they either got saved at his funeral or they were able to be led to the Lord uh, by another person after his death. Imagine praying for 60 years for someone and going uh, to heaven not knowing whether you've reached them or not, uh, but then rejoicing when they arrive there. We have no idea how far our reach is. Um, and, and how some little thing, this is the second Sunday in a row that a car has brought people to our door that we can hand out a track to. We have no idea what it's going to take, what it is that's going to catch someone's eye. 
or what it's what it is that's going to turn someone away. Uh, it could be an ugly face. It could be a mean look. It could be. <laughs> it could just be that, uh, you know, we're dog people and they're cat people. Who knows? But all we know is that we are supposed to sow. And that's what Christ is teaching here. He's teaching his disciples. Uh, you're supposed to sow. You're supposed to be here giving out the word of God. And not only that, but uh, this, is, this is obedience to God. And this is the highest level. This is the highest need in your life. Uh, back in our text in Matthew, uh, talking of God clothing the, the flowers of the field and feeding the birds of the air... He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and all of your needs will be provided. This is something that, that Rachel and I learned uh, the hard way when we were on the road. And it's something that has affected uh, the choice in our ministry here is, you know, we, we thought we were going to go out and we were going to reach out to uh, all of the churches that supported her dad and mom and supported BCPM and, and they would know that this is Earl Jessup's daughter and, and her husband and, and they would want to get on board and they would want to, they would want to take care of us. And we thought that uh, we would go and the churches that we helped would be so thankful for what we did and how much money we saved and that they would want to get on board and they would want to help us. And in the, the two, two and a half years that we were on the road, out of the 13 different churches that we helped, only, only two actually took us on for monthly support. Only two desired to keep us on the road. Now, every church that we went to, they gave us, uh, they gave us love offerings, and it was exactly what we needed at that point in time. It was everything that we needed to be able to get where we needed to go, and God provided all throughout. But we had to learn the hard way. It's not us. It's not a name. It's not. It was all God, and, and that's part of what has affected the ministry here, and, and why I've chosen to not go out on deputation, and why I've chosen to to work and serve in the community is because I believe that's what God has for us. I believe that uh, that is what is going to keep us relying on God and, and it's going to be in obedience to what He has, what He's shown me. So, um, you know, if, if somebody wants to come alongside us and, and take us on and help us out, I'm all for it. I will take every bit of help I can get. Uh, but I'm not going to count on that. I'm going to count on following God's Word and following God's direction to me his still small voice and allowing him to provide and uh that's really the idea that christ has here as he speaks about the meat that that he has that his meat is to do the will of his father he's placing that that need for obedience higher than anything else it's a need it's a must it's not something that you can live without and it is something in our lives that we should not live without we should not try and live without so as we uh, go about the rest of the week, um, we, we've already been challenged a lot this morning and, and uh, not trying to be like Jonah and not trying to be like Israel, but uh, let's really focus on hearing God's voice and obeying. Uh, I think, Brother Jesse, we were looking at uh, favorite songs and one of the songs that he came up with was Trust and Obey. And that's really what it is. It's having faith in God and, and trusting His Word and just obeying it following through and knowing that that God will protect 
there's a passage in here that talks about the horse being prepared for battle, but but uh, protection is of the Lord, and uh, we are prepared and we are ready uh, to do what God wants us to do, and it's up to God to to provide and and to do to help us to do that. So uh, let's work on that this week. Let's uh, focus on His Word. Focus on just obeying uh, that still small voice and not. Uh, letting it fall through the cracks.